Welcome in to another edition of the Train With The Best podcast. I'm Craig Hoffman alongside Chris Gores. And with us today, because he's on his bye week, our third co-host is here. Uh, that is Lorenzo Alexander. Oh, he's not He's not here with us in person. He's uh, up in Buffalo on the bye, uh, but is able to sit down with us for an episode. Zoe, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great. Just hanging out. Um, you know, just kind of hanging with the kids. Day two of our, of, of our bye week and just kind of ripping and running with them all day. Yeah, and uh, and in between that, you're you know replacing people's windshields, and uh, you're yeah, I do it all. One th- man game, you know, what, <laughs> just, just because, man, you know, I do it all. I watched that video, and as you like introed it on camera, I'm going great. He's literally going to take my job as soon as he's done playing football. <laughs> you see, yeah, that, that that did only take one take too. So, uh, of course, you do have something to worry about. One yep. take, one take, though. Oh my god, I'm so screwed. Uh, in the meantime, just stick to like taking window people's jobs. <laughs> nah, you uh, good, bro. <laughs> um, you're you're playing. You, football is not going anywhere for you anytime soon. You got to play like last week where you're running 30 yards downfield and meleeing a dude. Uh, into a forced fumble. You've had a couple of sacks this year. How do you feel like your season's gone so far uh, up to this point in the bye? Um, it's gone pretty well. Um, there's still, you know, some things here and there, some of the missed tackles, some of the coverages uh, that I could be a little bit tighter on, but a lot of that's just going to come with uh, more reps. Um, you know, people think about training camp and stuff. I didn't do a, a whole bunch of it during that time. It was more stopping the run, rushing the passer, stuff that I'm kind of typically known for. Uh, but now with Ramon Humbert kind of down, um, that that piece of my game needs to kind of step up, being in space a lot more, playing more nickel coverages. So uh, over this bye week, my coach sent me some some plays to kind of break down and and uh, see where I can improve at. So just kind of taking this time to rest, you know, recover, spend time with the family, but also figure out how I can take my game to another level to help our team uh, figure out how to win um, – these games coming up here soon. You know, the team I cover, your former squad, the Redskins, had an early bye as well. They're actually coming off of it, the first round of buys. Uh, they got one of those. How does an early season buy kind of change your season? Not only that you have that break so early, but the right. fact that you know you have now, for you, 11 straight weeks where you're going to have to stay healthy and, and get right and, and stay right for the rest of the year without a break. Yeah, you know, for me, I actually kind of like – the buy right now it probably could have maybe been a week or two later but this is about the middle of of the season for us if you take into account training camp uh i think people kind of fail to realize i mean that's a lot of pounding and grinding too that rolls right into the season and uh you know one of our coaches said you know we if once we come back monday we've been in you know starting since training camp been here 76 days and to the end of the season, there's another 76 days. So it's kind of put right there, smack dab in the middle. So it kind of works out perfectly. Uh, kind of gives some of those younger guys a ch- time to get away, mentally refreshed, because this is going to be a long haul, these next 11 games kind of hitting back. And, and I take advantage of that as well. Yeah, that's a good point that you bring up. It's not just, you know, the halfway point or, or early in the season, but it's actually halfway through the entire season if you include the training camp that's a good point so what have you what have you been doing so far this week just to kind of get your body refreshed and renewed um i mean the biggest thing for me is just not hitting anybody but outside of that uh you know i've gotten some dry needling had a couple of massages uh went in the day and got some some art done which is active release technique uh from uh, from a couple of our trainers and um uh chiropractic care i mean i do i do everything under the, under the gambit um you know Cupping, I haven't done that this week, but that's normally part of the routine. Grasting, so uh, if if I can do it and and use it and it's legal, I'm on it, and I'm and I'm pretty much implementing that, you know, at this stage of my career, uh, just because it's um, 
it's, it's paramount that I maintain uh, my body uh, because of my age. I get sore than most guys. I feel games differently than they do. Um, and I have to make sure that I can, I'm able to rejuvenate and get back for that next Sunday and be ready to wrap it up all over again. And that transitioned smoothly, of course, because Lorenzo's a professional and he's going to take my job soon, uh, into our topic of the day. And our topic of the day today, and we're, we're thrilled that Zoe could join us for this because, as you just heard, he's an expert in it in terms of being the patient, so to speak, the client, is some of the supplemental things that athletes do to a strength program. We've talked a lot, obviously, on this program uh, and, and on this podcast about the strength and conditioning side of things, the weight room side of things, the field side of things, because that is the relationship that Zoe and Chris has. But as Lorenzo just said, there is a whole complement of things to what he does with Chris uh, that help him. There's a great article that we've referenced a couple times now on the pod by Kimberly Martin uh, in the Buffalo News about Lorenzo and his Pilates routine, cupping, dry needling, massages, all that stuff goes into it. So, Zoe, I guess let's start with this in question form. What was the first thing you kind of added and at what point in, the, in your career was it and, and who gave you the idea to do it beyond just the strength and conditioning weight room portion of maintaining your body? Um, I don't think anybody in particular, but I think the, the biggest thing that I added early on that I should have probably done even in college was uh, massage. And there's ways obviously you can do that with the foam roller, but it's nothing like somebody else um, – using their hands as far as finding trigger points and, and places of tightness and weakness uh, just to help release the tension muscles uh, so you can be out there and be functional and be ready to go. So um, definitely add massage therapy uh, to me. Definitely helped me early on. Um, I think that's kind of like the beginner basics. You should do that. That's one of the few things as, as well as um, contrast and ice baths. Um, you know, that's therapeutic in some sense, you know, whether the science behind it actually works or what, what not. But, you know, definitely getting the contrast where you get that pumping of new blood, no blood out is uh, definitely beneficial to anybody that does it. And I know people don't like to get in the cold tub. I know it's hard. It's painful. But, hey, you got to do what you got to do if you want to be able to go out there and play the way you want to. Uh, so those are probably the two um, base things I incorporated to my uh, my regimen um, earlier on in my career. Um, that I probably should have started, that I actually started way too late. What For you, like, what's a massage consist of? Is it your typical sport massage and how long and, and how yeah, often are you more, getting those? Yeah, typical sports massage. Um, it can range from 90 minutes to two hours. Um, obviously, I'm a bigger guy, uh, muscular guy, so it can, it can be different for somebody that's maybe a soccer athlete who may be smaller, more petite, or might not carry as much muscle mass. So a therapist may be able to work through their body at a faster rate just because they're not having to break through as much layers of tissue or muscle or whatever it may be. Um, but that's kind of my, my thing. And it's gotten longer the older I've gotten just because I want them to pay a little bit more attention to and uh, work a little few, uh, a lot more things out uh, so that I'm, I, I, I can access all those things on Sundays or just throughout the week, you know, because I lift during the week as well. Um, so those things are key for me um, being able to play at a high level. Yeah, and, and talk about how, how consistency is key because I know like even from a strength and conditioning right. standpoint, you can't just lift one time and be like, all right, I'm stronger now, and, and, yeah, then, and then lift yeah. again the next month. You know, and, and that's right. a lot of people. Routine will, is key. Right. A lot of people will go out there and do a massage once a month or once every other month. How often are you getting it? How do you make it part of your routine? Right. Well, I mean, and it's and it's changed over the course of the year. So, I mean, I, initially I started out with just getting a, a one massage a week at the end of the week. 
And then the older I got, I said, well, I probably need to kind of break some of this stuff up that I'm occurring all this trauma during the game. Don't need to hold on to it all week. So now I do uh, a massage at the beginning and at the end of the week um, just to keep my body uh, opened up and able to access everything without um, working on top of tension and tightness that can lead to injuries. Um, so that, that's, that's what I've kind of learned. And obviously, um, the older I've gotten, the more people I've been around athlete wise, trainer wise, uh, just a profession in general, I'm always trying to figure out a better way to do my routine and, you know, kind of add to it or switch things up just as we've done with my, my training routine. Um, cause things evolve, the different people come up with, you know, new signs. Cause when I first got in the league, I had no clue what dry needling was. I mean, that wasn't even something thought of, but as those type of uh, modalities come out, you know, you want to add to it or different signs come out. You want to kind of tweak your routine uh, to fit, you know, maybe some a new trend, but also that's going to be most beneficial to you as well. What is dry needling uh, and why do you think it works for you? Um, I'll, I'll tell you the very lamest terms of it. I mean, I'm pretty sure if a, a therapist or acupuncturist heard me describe it, it's probably not correct, but a, a similar acupuncture, um, but it's more of a, a, a Western style of doing it. Acupuncture has like predetermined meridians where they're working more on energies, releasing that, you know, um, <clears throat> and making sure you have a good flow. And then dry needling is actually going to a specific trigger point, whether that may be in your glute, calf, back, a specific muscle that may be locked up and using a needle. Um, and it's a thin needle. It's not like a big, you know, needle they try to inject you with so it's not as painful as people may think as far as it going in it's, it's a it's like an acupuncture needle mm-hmm. and they pretty much just um piston move the the needle up and down quickly and get a twitch uh response from your muscle and and, and it helps it release um and uh it's just it's just helped just release because it gets a lot deeper than somebody's thumbs or elbow can into the muscle because of the needle the length and the, the fineness of it so it's just a deeper release, and I think it's it's really has really helped me out. When you have something going on, um, do you kind of have a feel at this point for what you need? Like, man, I I need to go for a cupping session. I need to go for a giant healing session for this particular ailment. I need a mas- I need an extra massage. Like, are you able to almost self diagnose and then go to that right person and have them fix the problem at this um, point? Um, I can pretty much self diagnose what's going on, and yeah, I guess based on past experiences of what is what has worked, I normally go to that individual who. Uh, who who is certified or specialized in that particular modality, so whether it's dry needling or massage or cupping or grafting, um, I try that first, and if it doesn't work, maybe I, I try somebody else. And the good thing I, I think people should do as well, like the person I have massaged my body on Monday is not the same person that massages my body at the end of the week, just because people have different perspectives and skill levels and, and ideas that come to mind. So just trying to get a lot of different uh, perspectives on on my body and ideas to kind of help release things as well. Yeah, you've got a full team of people behind you when it comes to taking care of the body. Talk right. about talking about your your recovery routine at home because I'm sure you know our kids are the same age, so I'm sure that you have the same challenge with me. As in, our kids' schedules are getting busier and busier with everything right. that they have going on. So it's yep. like you don't you don't have time. It's not like we're just going to come home in the afternoon and take a nap. We've got a lot of stuff on our schedules. Yeah. So, so how do you manage that? How do you manage your, your nutrition during the season to make sure that you're getting in the right foods to help reduce inflammation? How do you how do you deal with still be a dad? 
How do you deal uh, with that? Well, I would say that the biggest thing is my A1, my ace, Kuboom, my wife, uh, Manjanique, holds it down big time for me. As far as, like, managing, like, a lot of the schedules, getting the kids where they need to be, she does a great job of cooking healthy for me as well throughout the week and making sure that we have groceries in the house that are not a whole bunch of snacks and crap um, that I would be tempted to eat, especially during the season where, you know, you beat down, it gets cold, body sore, and you're like, man, I'm about to eat me something good, man, bump this healthy stuff. So she does a great job of, of doing a lot of that stuff. And then for me, I, I, I know my kids' schedule. And at the beginning of the season, I kind of set up my routine around things that I definitely want to be able to attend and help out with. And uh, it's just a balancing act with that. Um, can't go to everything I would like to, but I, I definitely make sure I, I uh, maximize the season where I can – you know, do my job, feel great, but also spend time with the family as well. You have named so many different things that you do, and you just talked about the scheduling uh, conflicts that real life gets in the way too. And I, I think if you have the wrong people around you that, like, they could basically start fighting each other. Like, even the fact that you have two different massage therapists. Well, why do you go to the other person? Why, why do you think they're better than me? How do you think just, like, the fact that you are in control of this helps you succeed here whereas another athlete who might not be as in control of their own lives and program um might might struggle trying to implement some of these different modalities and 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 having the the kind of infighting basically in your inner circle um you know i don't do it all i didn't do it all at once and i kind of built up over time but you know I, i mean i keep it professional and and as long as you're communicating with people, um, I think they understand. And most therapists, the good ones, they understand that it's it takes um, – it's a multi-layered problem. And there's no one answer to fix, uh, you know, tightness or trigger point or injury that I may have. Um, it's, it's often people that have the issues are insecure in what they do. And those are the people that you don't want in your in your circle or working on your body anyway because they're not they're – not, they don't have a certain confidence and comfort level with their own technique. So I try to find people that um, have been around the game for a while have worked with other players, get recommendations from that way, because you never want to bring additional drama, um, obviously into your life and into your home. Cause a lot of people come into my home uh, where you have to deal with unnecessary things. So, it's, uh, you know, it's just about being professional, vetting these people. Um, and the best way is always going with guys, other guys who've, who've experienced their, their treatment and personalities being in their home as well, because that's that's always important. Uh, it's a relationship business and you never want to burn bridges. But I think most of the great ones out there, they understand that you're going to have multiple people working on your body, all for the same goal of making sure that you're able to go out there and execute on Sundays. And, and everybody gets credit. You know, it's not just one person, but it's everybody. Chris, where do you see your role in that? Because, I mean, I think for most people would say, oh, yeah, the strength and conditioning part, that's that's number one. It's number one on the priority list. But you got all these different things working in concert. So how do you view your role in, in Team Lorenzo, you know, kind of uh, getting on the field and, and maximizing, like you just said, on Sundays? Uh, I don't think that my part is any bigger or smaller than other. And, and even if, if it was or whatever, I think that you have to take a look at it as if you were uh, like an old-fashioned watch, right? Back before we had digital watches that you could touch and make phone calls on. The the old-fashioned watch that actually had gears in it, right? If, if you take a look at the way that that watch would work, if one of those gears stopped working or was dysfunctional, no matter how big or small that gear might be, that watch no longer works, right? So it doesn't matter 
what how big my role is. I've never really even looked at it that way. I always just looked at it as okay, how how can how can I be better in my role, however big that role is? How can I be better at it? And the way that I can be better at it is being able to understand everything else that's going on around me, his schedule at work, his schedule at home, um, you know, when he's going to be getting his massages, when he's going to be going hard at practice, things like that. Um, those are all things that I take into account. And then and then I can see what differences that I can make. I, I've never really said, hey, I, I need you to cut this out because I, I want you to do this instead. You know, I've never really done that. And then I guess – Lorenzo, as you try to balance all of those people and you communicate, um, you know, do you do does the importance of certain things change? I guess like, you know, Chris's part of the program probably becomes more important in the offseason where it's it's kind of up to you to make those determinations of, of how big each cog is at, at each point in your schedule. Right. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, but I, I've, I've gotten it kind of laid out where, you know, this person comes this day at this time and followed up by this person and. Uh, some of them actually know each other and have crossed paths and worked together. And then they're able to share information about, Hey, I saw this on Lorenzo today. You may want to massage this area a little bit more, you know, or, or vice versa, how it works out. So it's been a great, uh, I think synergy, uh, with the people that I've, I've been uh, blessed to have around, uh, my career as far as helping me stay on the field. And, and it's, um, hopefully something that we can continue to, to do at a high level, um, because I'm still having a lot of fun playing this game. I don't think it's appropriate to ask, like, hey, how much do you spend on all this stuff? That's not really our business. <laughs> but, like, it's well, clear. I'll say this. I don't spend what James Harrison spends <laughs> on, on his annual uh, physical therapy. I, you know, I, 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 you know you, it takes money to, to make money. You have to invest in your body. Right. You know, I look at myself as a corporation. And just like any other small business, you have to invest in it in order to be, um, to be uh, competitive and uh, be productive. And that's um, – that's what I have to do. So I mean, right. it, it, it does tally up pretty quick, though. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, once you kind of realize, man, like, this is going to be something I'm going to have to truly, literally, financially invest in, like, yeah. at what point in your career were you okay with that? Um, I mean, you know, it kind of gradually increased over time, right? So it's not like I came in the league and I and I was doing all these things and I'm making, you know, minimum, which is still great money. I'm like, man, I'm spending, you know, 30 grand a year on medical you know, um, it didn't happen like that. You know, it, it kind of was a progressed over time. And I'm okay with it because what I benefit and what I make out on the other end um, outweighs it. And you can see the fruits, you know, being able to be a Pro Bowl MVP, be able to go to the, you know, uh, be an all pro. Uh, all those things are fruits of uh, the labor of taking care of my body and, and having these great people around me. So, um, it's definitely a cost that um, I don't regret spending. You know, like sometimes guys can have, oh, man, why did I buy that? I don't, I don't regret taking care of my body. And I think that's oftentimes the hardest thing for young guys because they're not, they're, not, they're not used to doing that and spending that money. And they have to realize that, okay, this is my business, this is my body, and if I want to um, be great and have some longevity, because a lot of times just long, uh, longevity is all about being available um, physically, um, I'm going to have to spend this extra money even though I may not want to. And then once you see the fruits and you get used to doing it, it becomes second nature to you and just a part of uh, being an NFL football player. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's just like any other business, no matter what type of business it is. You have your your capital investment to, to start up, and then you have your maintenance costs every every right. single year. That that business, as it, as it grows and continues to make money, you still have to continue to invest more into that business to make sure that it continues to – 
give you those yields or to continue to improve on those uh, on the revenue streams, right? So it's just like any other business, yeah. and the way that you approach it is exactly how you're supposed to approach it. You're a professional athlete. You have to take care of your body. If if you were running a race car, I mean, you'd have to buy tires for that thing every single week. You right. know what I mean? If more, more than just a set, you know, multiple sets. So, you know, that's, that, that was one of the things that I – I uh I told to one of my other athletes who um is now stronger and faster and and she was saying, "Hey, you know, I've never had to do this much maintenance before." I said, "Well, yeah, because your body was like a minivan before. How often do you right. change tires on your minivan?" You know, <laughs> right. as you as you turn into a high performance athlete, maintenance becomes more and more important and and more and more mandatory. It's not an option anymore. You just have to do it. Yep. Is there something you tried that didn't work that you were like, well, nope, that's not for me? Uh, mm, I can't think of nothing off the, off the top of my head. I, it, that's more with probably the person or individual versus the modality. Mm -hmm. You know, I've come across some people that probably weren't as skilled or relationally wasn't a great fit for me. And I was like, okay, that's, that's the first and last time I'm, I will use that person. Um, and just kind of moved on and tried to find somebody else within that in that realm to to help me. What about your favorite thing that you've added? You've just been like, wow, that that was a game changer for me uh, uh, the past couple of years. Wow, the last couple of years, um, man, the last couple of years, or even I earlier. Know, I don't you think I really had nothing. I mean, I would say, I mean, Dry Leland was a huge thing for me because I never was able to get released like that, and then Pilates. Is that was that was probably the biggest game changer because I was losing all my weight and I was able to still maintain a lot of my strength and uh, became more explosive because I was just more functional because of kind of adding that into my game. It kind of filled a lot of those those gaps um, within, like we talking about supplemental uh, of my supplemental training. I'm glad you mentioned the Pilates because I had forgotten about it to this point, but that article was so good um, and so enlightening. So I just want to dive into a little bit of that. What what is it about Pilates that you felt like helped round out your athleticism and and, and kind of what turned you on to to giving that a shot? Uh, well, Kendrick Ghostin is the one that put me on to it. You know, I was always of the thought, man, Pilates, yoga, that's for women uh, type of mind frame, you know, right or wrong. You know, that's just how I thought. Um, but found out that I was um, – Definitely in the wrong, and um, um, has has really added it to my my regimen, and it's my main stay, one of my mainstays. I even do like right after the season because it's just low impact. Um, I feel I'm still getting a pretty good workout as far as engaging like the little muscles that we as athletes oftentimes overlook and overpower. You know, with our big arms and big legs, and you know all the the sexy muscles that you know people tend to to look for or try to try to obtain during in the gym. Uh, but oftentimes those little things that get you over the top and uh, and allow you to maintain that strength and speed throughout an entire season. So um, <clears throat> just implementing that to my game has also helped my flexibility and, and mo uh, mobility, range of motion. Um, it's just a it's a big time game changer, just a, a full body workout that I've really loved and low impact at the same time. and something I can still do during the season uh, just to keep those those that functionality engaged. So it's been it's been good. That's probably my, one of my most favorite things, you know, outside of your traditional working out that I've kind of added to my uh, to my regimen. You know, the margins in in the pro levels of sports are so small. So I'm curious, like when you started doing Pilates, was it 
a big change? Like, could you all of a sudden see a big jump, a significant jump in the weight room on the field in terms of your speed, your explosiveness, or was it just a little bit, but a little bit goes a long way? Yeah, I mean, I was able to maintain my strength at a high rate because, you know, I was like 295, then I got down to 245, but I didn't really felt like I had lost any strength as far as bench press, squat. I just felt like I became more functional. Speed-wise, it was like a big jump. And that probably had a lot to do with the weight loss too, but I was able to um, play at that that high level with that power and speed and explosiveness, but didn't get injured or fatigued as easily. Um, and I think that would had a lot to do with the Pilates kind of filling the gap. Um, and, and so I wasn't overexerting any one muscle because I was using my whole body versus just the big muscle groups, which oftentimes can fail on you. If once you overexert those, so um, I guess that's kind of the best way I could I could kind of put that. Yeah, no doubt. I, I I'm actually hopefully going to be starting some soon. We just hired a new Pilates instructor at our gym, and oh, nice. try to try to get a trainer's class going. I just gotta I gotta recruit the boys. Maybe I'll just have them listen to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it changed their lives. Yeah, we need it. We're all walking around like we're way older than we are, and that's that's a problem. So who knows? Maybe it'll revive our careers in whatever we're doing. Uh, so always appreciate the time, man. Good to catch up for a little bit longer this week. Uh, continue, you know, the success on the field, and look forward to keep catching up with you here on the pod and end off uh, as the season goes, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. The Train with the Best podcast is brought to you by Crossover, our friends at Crossover. Provide the best tools you could ask for for breaking down film. Chris, uh, I think you were using Crossover to watch someone's other stuff recently. That's right, and and I like tools like Crossover to get me those mental reps. It's not just about getting good quality reps in the weight room, but it's about getting good quality mental reps to help you improve your game. No doubt. And you can stop wasting time getting those mental reps. You want to do this efficiently. So log in, start getting powerful analysis straight from your video. Even if you think you already know what these guys are all about, take another look. Their new insights feature will automatically give you a scouting report on your opponents broken down by down and distance, something you're not going to get with Huddle or anybody else. Sign up at crossover.com slash grandstand to receive one free game. That's crossover with a K.com slash grandstand to receive one free game. Wrapping up, Craig and Chris here in the studio, Studio Gores this week. After, That's right. After Studio Hoffman last week. Uh, it's amazing how we we started out at Studio Lorenzo, which studio is first first class, like yeah, everything in there, and then you know we're just we're just at a we're kitchen sprawled table, out, sprawled but out on the kitchen table. Hopefully, the audio quality is good, and you guys can can appreciate what we what we do, what links we go to to give you guys good audio. Yeah, no, it's. It's it's been kind of cool to see how easy this can become as a radio guy. Like, wow, we can do this kind of stuff anywhere. It's right. kind of fun. Um, so I wanted I wanted to ask you kind of I guess a follow up to some of the stuff we just talked about with Lorenzo. Like, when you get an athlete, do you leave it up to them to decide what supplemental stuff is them? Like, would you ever recommend dry needling or massage or whatever to an athlete? And how do you go about doing that from your perspective? Yeah, I definitely present a, a ton of different options. And say, hey, look, these are some of the things that you should look at, um, you know. And it's going to be a little bit tailored towards what that person likes and what that doesn't like. If they like getting in cold baths, they might like cryo. If they like massage, then they might like dry needling. If they don't like massage, they're probably not going to like dry needling. Uh, so, you know, same thing with like chiropractic. Right? If you don't necessarily buy into some of that stuff, then 
it's probably not good to send you to somebody who's going to crack your neck today. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's that like, takes some getting used to yeah, someone who actually to, is now getting pretty regular chiropractic treatment. There's just, there's just so many guys that I talked to that do it. I was like, you know what? I need to suck it up and I need to go and right. I, I feel better. Right. Yeah. You almost feel better instantly. So it's, it's, uh, you just got to kind of give them the option to say, look, you got to do something to take care of your body. But you know, here are some of the options and you choose whatever works best for you, whatever fits in your schedule, whatever. What do you feel like your role is in body maintenance for your clients? I mean, it's huge. It has it has to be because, like Zoe said, and like what we always say, the the number one ability is availability. So right. if they're not doing these things to maintain their body, then that's where it starts. You know what I mean? So with Zoe, Zoe kind of understands that if he doesn't do the Pilates and he doesn't do the corrective stuff and he doesn't do the massage then I have to start to program that in. And that's going to take away from the lifting. So if you don't want me to write you a two-hour program today, then you gotta you have to do all these things on your own. And because I know that he does do it, then our workouts are 45, 50 minutes. Right. You know, so, so I tailor it. I say, look, these are, these are the things that are in here. And if you're going to do it on your own, then I can take these out. And, and then we can go straight to big lifts, which right. is what they all want to do, right? They right. want to get it like, I, I want to do deadlift. All right, cool. But before we do deadlift, here are the prerequisites. Right. You got to make sure you do these. And if you don't, then then I got to program it in. And if you do, then we can get right to it. Gen pop world, that is a constant struggle for me. What is the best use of my hour, right? Yep. My clients buy an hour session. How much time do we spend on correctives and foam rolling? And, you know, how much time should I leave at the end of my session to try to stretch them out? And honestly, it depends on the client. Some, I know, will get there 20 minutes early go through an entire stretching and foam rolling routine. I get them, I put them through a dynamic warm-up, and I can kick their ass for an hour, and then they'll take 10 minutes after we're done to stretch out again and, and make sure their body's good to go. Yep. Some will show up two minutes before the session, expect me to do everything, and then leave as soon as I'm done because they're ready to puke. Right. Like, And, and it's just a magic... It, it, you have to be able to really read your clients and understand what they're doing and their bodies, and it's a constantly evolving process as I try to figure out what's best for different people. Um, and in that gen pop world where, you know, for a guy like Zoe, if it fits for both of your schedules, you could do a two hour, right? Like you can, you can negotiate that with him. However, whatever your agreement is, I have a one hour session and I've possibly one before and, or one after it. Yeah. It's a totally different world. Yeah. And I think there's that balance there, but I think that as a trainer, it's okay for you and for all other young trainers out there and older trainers who are trying to advance their careers it's okay for you to put a little bit of responsibility and onus on your client right right it totally has, agree it's okay for you to say it, like for instance if if you don't already do this you should be doing this do you have a cancellation policy yeah right like if you right. don't cancel with, with, with if you don't give me at least 12 hours or 24 hour notice or whatever your agreement is then you're still going to get charged at least a portion of that session or maybe even the full session right, right? that's just something that you have to do for me as professional courtesy. Now, I'm in I'm in this game because I enjoy the transformation of people. This is not a transaction for me. I, I like being right. a part of the process. I care about the process. And because of that, I, I break it down for them. Listen, we talked about this on the, on the last episode. You know, there's 168 hours in a week. Even if we met every single day for an hour, that's only seven. There's 161 that you have to, mm-hmm. to take care of. You know, so if you're not doing the things that you need to do to get yourself to the goals that you said that you wanted to achieve, these are not my goals that I came up with. 
You told me that you wanted to lose this much weight. You told me that you wanted to get better. You told me that you wanted to right. feel great. If you don't do these things, then this is not this is probably not I'm probably not the trainer for you. Right. And and sometimes trainers are scared to say that because you don't want to lose the business, but sometimes being able to say that can show that client that you care. That this is something that is not just, "Hey, I'm just going to sit here and collect money and count however many reps that you're doing." Like and stare at the clock with my coffee in my hand and you know whatever else. If if you actually care about that client, then take the time to say, "Listen, you're not getting to you're not doing the things I'm asking you to do for homework. You're you're not uh taking care of your body, you're not eating the things I'm telling you to eat. Is this something that you really want to do? Because if it's not, that's okay. We don't have to continue this, you know? Right. And so and that's a that's a very delicate conversation to have especially as a young or new trainer but it's a conversation you have to have with your clients right and uh, there's a line i'll use often in that conversation is that is i can't care more than you care that's right and it, it's you know when I mean, that's true in a lot of mentoring situations but it's it's especially true in a try in a client trainer relationship if i care more than you care then we're not going to get anywhere because i i care a lot it's my job to care and but I want to care because you're invested in this process, and I'm trying to help you reach your goals. That's these right. aren't my goals; these are your goals. These are your goals. And so, being invested in that process, and, and it's and not, it's not critical. The things I'm asking you to do is not about what I want from you; it's what I want for you. Yes. So if you if you phrase it that way, you can steal that line if you want. I probably yeah. stole it from somebody else that I don't remember. There's a good chance, yeah. uh, in fact, that you clicked Just, on this podcast because you saw that on an Instagram graphic. Yeah. Because I'm writing down right now exactly yeah. when that was said. Yeah. If you if you if you tell people, listen, these are the things that I'm asking you to do because of what I want for you, not what I want from you. Then there's an understanding that this is this is an investment into them and and into their lives and to, to making them better. No doubt. All right, uh, coming up on future editions of the Train with the Best podcast, uh, Truth Serum Time. We actually just recorded a bunch of interviews uh, today, and so we'll be able to put them out over the next couple of weeks, and we're really excited about uh, these. Yael Averbush, NWSL player, she was great. Um, To talk a little bit with her about her journey, but also about online training. She's an online client of Chris's and has also created her own platform for younger players. So we talked to Yael about that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, You'll hear that in the next couple of weeks. Sean Pena, one of the premier performance coaches in the world, one of the smartest guys we've ever talked to. And that is saying something because we have talked to some ridiculously smart people. Me not feeling smart is is a trademark of this podcast. (laughs) Uh, And But we had a... we had touched talk to Sean. Uh, he's worked with Usain Bolt. He's worked with uh, uh, Justin, Justin Gatlin, Gatlin, Sean Crawford. Um, his start can be traced back to Phil Knight at Nike. That's, That's something right. we learned. Yeah. That podcast is coming up soon uh, on biomechanics and linear speed and, and just, I don't even know how to describe it, on Sean Pena being smart. That that's coming That's coming uh, <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. That's right. Uh, we'll still catch up. It's, it's like... Um, is Jimmy Kimmel, right? He always says, uh, oh, sorry, we had to bump Matt Damon. Uh, I feel like that's where we're at with Santana Moss. We will have Santana at some point. Uh, Mason Foster has agreed to come on. Our Redskins linebacker Mason Foster is going to yep. come hang out with us uh, at some point soon in the next couple of weeks as well. So we got a lot of fun stuff coming down the pipe for you here on the Train With The Best podcast. Uh, you can always follow us on social media, at Trainer Gorez on Instagram and Twitter for him, at Craig Hoffman on Twitter, at Craig underscore Hoffman on Instagram for me, at One Man Gang 97 for Zoe on Twitter. 
Big ups to Zoe. Appreciate his time. As always, makes some time for us, his, his lovely little podcast co-host uh, during the season. Just kidding. He's, he's our friend. He's nice to us. He doesn't really think of us as lowly. Uh, but we appreciate his time nonetheless. For Chris, I'm Craig. We'll see you next time. Thanks.